Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode number 12 of our podcast. Good old 12-pack. We like to see that. And this week, we have Kirk back. Nice to see you. It's good to be back. I forgot to, John, I forgot to tell you, um, after every 11th time, I hang out with Chris, I vomit. So I just, uh, I mistimed it. Usually I can wait till afterwards to be polite. I just mistimed before the show and I just, so sorry for missing the show, but uh, it was, no, I, it, food wanted to get out of me fast. I was like, hey, those are nachos and that's chili. Those are, oh, those are gone. Um, but uh, I think it was for making the bulimic babies joke, to be honest with you. It might've been uh, joke karma coming back to get me. Well, let's, uh, I think we should, you know, spotlight your name this week. We've got Kirky Durky Lurky. Kirky Durky Lurky, yes, that was, uh, I was dubbed that. Um, when I first moved to Colorado, I moved into the basement of my buddy Mike and uh, Angie, and they had two, they had a three and a six-year-old, uh, Brody and Maddie. And I don't, to be honest, I don't know who started it, uh, but somebody call, started calling somebody names. Could have been any of us, really. But uh, so... Maddie became Maddie, Addy, Laddie, Braddy, Fatty. And then Brody became Brody, Lodi, Toady, Fody, Lodi. And then I became Kirky, Durky, Lurky. So that's what we still pretty much call each other. So that's, oh, well, that's, that's a cute kid's story. So yeah, it's like I said, I can't remember the maturity. It could have been me. It could have been the kids. I, I, my money's on Maddie, but I, don't, I couldn't say for sure who started it. Well, that's fun. You know, a little, little nice little story to get things going. John, uh, how you doing this week? Tired, as always. <laughs> as been, always. It's been a busy couple of weeks. We're going to have to uh, force feed some uh, coffee into your veins or something. Get you a little pep in your step. Mainstream. Some, yeah, just look. Take this line of cocaine, John, and settle down. You're bouncing off the walls, okay? You might come on. Well, now that we've got the whole crew back together, we did have to pivot last week and, you know, do a show between me and Became John. a duo instead of a trio, and that's not yes. as much fun. So thank uh, you guys for covering. Yes, we missed and, uh, Kirk's yes, corner. Well, I, I tried to listen, but uh, that's when I knew I was done being sick when I could listen to you guys without vomiting again. So I was like, okay, towards the tail <laughs> end of it. I'm not saying you guys induced it by any, it was, you know what I mean? I'm not, but I'm just, it, all right. Well, I do know that uh, you missed out last week. We missed out on Kirk's Corner, but you missed out because you actually had something to bring to the table that you wanted to talk about. So uh, I decided that we should let you rehash that this week, even though it's not going to be as topical. But Right. Uh, it was more topical last week. And I was all excited, too. Like, I just got, like, uh, a, like a vaccine shot, and I just set up an open mic date. So I was all fired up about the show and then and this topic. So essentially, it was the – and help me with the, the name is not the Keystone. It's not the Keystone Pipeline. It's the pipeline in the east that got hacked and shut down. What was the name? Colonial. Colonial. Okay. So the Colonial Pipeline, it got hacked, and, and it got shut down, and, and then people were, you know, hoarding gas and acting – irrationally and stuff like that so and i've heard so many military people say that the the war the, the cyber warfare is the war of the future so and it just seems to be that 
we've got enough tanks and if we're automizing jobs it seems like the automation of soldiers into more it seems like less tanks more computer people because it seems like the shutting down of a grid of some sort a power system a water system a financial system is going to create much more havoc than somebody you know lobbing us with bombs from 1920. you know what i mean it's like we used to have cannons and we used to march in lines we don't do that no more we updated it seems like if at least half the budget's got to start going to computer nerds to combat this because that where it's, that's where it seems it's going. I mean, you know, like these people couldn't get gas for a couple of days and they went a little nutty. Like you turn off their Wi-Fi for three days, like they are going to start eating people. I, I have no, I mean, it seems, am I, am I crazy? Anybody? No. Yay. So that was actually one of the topics you just reminded me because I had completely forgotten about it. Um, yeah. The, the future of war, I don't think, is going to be as historically uh, relevant as it once was. I mean, even past conflicts have been wildly different than the ones before it. And I think cyber terrorism is going to be, not terrorism, but cyber warfare is going to be the de facto future. Because even if you look at the, the current conflicts that are going on, public pressure to get them to stop usually gets them to stop there's there's very little motivation for a nation to continue doing what it's doing knowing it might suffer you know massive retaliations if it well doesn't. and and the thing is our the budget of our military they i i mean i don't know what this is but it's like the next 20 countries put together don't equal us so to me it's like we're like this rich old lady clutching her pearls and scared of everybody and we have this inflated military that is outdated and they're going to sneak in through the computer wires like it just seems like just take half that money and start using it towards that because like honestly like what are you more afraid of someone sneaking like dropping bombs on us and hitting it with missiles or somebody figures out how to hack into like bank of america and then 40 million people don't have money and they're kind of mad about that yeah, and that's that's the issue. Well, that's my opinion, is that warfare... I don't think we're going to see another world war like we have. I mean, even the the difference between World War One and World War Two were massive, and that was just, you know, an incremental increase in technology. Yeah, it was like 20, 25 years. Not, and, not a big gap. Well, not a big gap back then, like... 25 years ago would have put us into you know the 1990s and even then the the massive explosion of technology is huge and just the the social aspect of uh war now is going to be detrimental especially you're saying war what is what is it good for you're saying absolutely (laughs) nothing say it again well i mean at this point in time (laughs) yes I mean, you have Russia that's done its little annexing and stuff like that, and it's been somewhat successful, but they're still waging conflict there, even though they claim they're not. There's just a lot of... It will be hard for a country to full-out declare war on another one 
So it seems like they just corrode that they, they corrode the system from the inside. They just create anarchy in the system because, like, literally, like people would go bananas if all of a sudden their their water system was shut down, or they, like I said, they couldn't draw out money. I really think they would go bonkers. Oh, um, yeah, and I think and that's, that's the only thing. Like, we would turn on each other. We're already angry. We're already pissed. It's going to be summertime. It's going to be hot. And what? I can't do this. Kablam! 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 I mean. People are already shooting each other, and it's nice outside. So you crank uh, up the temperature. I think it's going to get worse. I don't think that has a biggest part as to play into it because countries have been des destabilized before over, you know. Well, I should say there hasn't been a significant event to that would be comparable to the U.S., because, yes, the, the gas pipeline is... The gas pipeline is a major event, but in the grand scheme of things, it was only down for a short time, and it really had no effect on us. Well, I was also reading a story today at... It was either the University of Michigan or the University of Minnesota, one of them. They actually developed now a new computer processor. I think they called it Morpheus. And it's specifically designed for cyber attacks because it's essentially a puzzle that changes like a hundred times a second or something like that. It's like unhackable or something because it keeps moving? Basically, basically, they said the way it was described is a hacker would need a couple hours to figure out the processor, and this thing changes every couple seconds. So, literally, they're, I mean, unless you're that quick, you'd never be able to hack into it. All right, so it's putting up a defense, at least. That's good. It's a start, at least, because it just seems like it's they got to mount something, because it seems like... I don't know, cyber attacks. Something's getting attacked, probably cyberly. So <laughs> it's that that's that at least is a solution that makes sense to me. So there's already tons of people on that. Just looking at, you know, the way we do our business now is mostly online. So they're working on trying to figure out how to keep people from, you know, stealing all of that stuff. Now, what if, what if that, have they tried Red Rover, Red Rover, don't send your hacker on over. Have they, I mean... Have we thought outside the box? Yeah, that doesn't Bible. usually work because most countries aren't claiming that they're responsible for these. I like how they they all they they always make the predictions. It was probably Russia, but nobody in Russia is claiming it. Well, yeah, nobody makes a you know what what criminal goes. Yep, that was totally me back there. Like, well, they're idiots. Well, in the ransomware... You're on the honor system? You're a criminal. Come on. <laughs> well, it, it's just that it's... Because of the ransomware and because of how prevalent it is, it could be from anywhere. It could be someone in the U.S. pretending they're in Russia. Um, it could be you, John. I don't know what no. you do all day. You're always tired, so I think you're doing... You're do, you know what? I think it's you. Can we... Chris, right? Back me up here, Chris. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not me. Well, and the the dark web is full of these people who write these, you know, malwares and uh, cyber attack weaponry. 
and it's hard to track those people. And even when they do claim responsibility, it's usually a big group. It's not just one guy. I went on the Black Web. I was amazed on the lack of Black Widows. I was very disappointed. I'd assumed they'd be everywhere, but that's what happens when you assume. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they even have a, I think, a military branch that patrols the dark web looking for these cyber criminals to either thwart them or arrest them or figure out how to stop them so that they can't take down pipelines and, and you know, big companies. Well, and yes, that that's all well and good. But like we were talking about last week, the the biggest downfall is the fact that there's always the the back doors, the antiquated equipment, that's how they get in and do the damage. Can we have one conversation where you don't bring up back door? Just one. Just some saying. Well, that would be the only solution, right? Would be for someone to create an advanced processor or a computer that can't be hacked, and then you would have to somehow subsidize all of the people in the country getting said processor so that everyone would be protected, not just the rich people who can afford it. See, but who's going to steal from poor people? That's an, <laughs> I mean, right. And like, <laughs> I think they're really, yeah, the hackers aren't going to waste their time with, you know, Chuck from Milwaukee, who's got a, you know, a, a landscaping company. They're probably, all right, let's go for that. I, I'd hope unless they're just practicing. Well, and that this shows how computer illiterate Chris is because you can have the most unhackable computer processor on the planet, but if you have a piece of software that lets them in, it doesn't mean anything. It's like one email click. That's the I worked for a couple of corporations. They were like big on to be if it's suspicious, blah blah blah. If you click on the, if you down, oh it's. It's a Google calendar with your new assignment click and then bam, the whole system is just corroded from the inside, right? Well, and that's how most of the ransomware is spread. It, it's not, you know, like we were kind of talking about last week, it's not people, you know, with computer screens and rapid typing and all that other stuff. They're sending out hundreds of thousands of emails, especially to these corporations that all have emails that are unique and they send these emails out hoping that someone is just you know that one gets by the filter or right they're, they're i think that phishing is a great term for that because they're just throwing it out there and seeing if anybody bite you know what i mean it doesn't really cost them that much i mean it's the time of typing in an email maybe that's the most but it, you know what i mean it's not labor inducive and if they get one then they can screw a whole company and ransom them so it, yeah it seems like um, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's like hitting the lottery or something. It only takes one. Well, yeah. My point, my point was that this processor I'm talking about, and I was just reading about this. I don't know how legit it is, so don't quote me. But they said that it's not the same computer. It's essentially one computer, and then the next second, it's a different computer. And so far, no one has been able to hack into it. And that's using the top hackers in the country. Well, Chris, are you sure you're not thinking of a transformer? Because I think <laughs> it, that's it, it. It's a pert, and then it's a car. So it, it's a you know computer, and then it's another computer. So are you sure it's not transformers? Well, I can see what you're saying, and 
<laughs> that that may work, but it's not infallible. It will eventually be compromised. And that's just how it always goes. You know, and when... I agree I agree that technology, you know, it has to change constantly. You know, five minutes in it's already figured out how to hack it, you know, well, somebody I mean, has. So if you think about it, how many how many companies in this country are running computer or software that's fifteen years old? I would be Four. Uh, I oh. would bet it's at least half. Somewhere in their system, there's a computer running that's older than 15 years. I mean, if you look at some of the stories, there's companies that are running machines that have Windows 95 on them. Or some of them even have DOS because they get it running, they get it doing what it needs to do, and then they don't touch it because it's doing what it needs to do. And that's the thing with computers. Yeah, I think is, another thing, Corp, like... Well, at corporations, I think the bigger you get as an organism, you just it, you move slower. Like change takes longer, and I think there's a possibly an ego thing of like, well, we're got we're a giant company. I'm sure we have a computer system that or a computer department that's killing it, so we're not going to worry about it. When, like you said, they need to be updating it more, and they just get a little. I think they just get a little slothful or lazy in their success. Well, that and it costs money. Because if you have a piece of, if you have a computer that's running Windows XP, and it's been doing its job for years, and the software on it has been doing its job for years, and in order to upgrade to a modern computer and a modern system, you would have to, you know, replace the computer, replace the software, replace all the integrations. You're, you're talking a lot of money to replace something that's still working. And, most and these, also, let's not forget, get like a half a monkey like Chris to, to retrain him to hit four new buttons. You know what I mean? Like, cause I bet, you know what I mean? One, like, one step above a gorilla, Kirk. Apollo. Okay. So he, okay. So he could, he was, he didn't intern. He was actually worked there. But yeah, but you, the just retraining people to use different stuff. It's like, it's, I think some people can get really, uh, I don't know, almost like harness that are harness their ADD and channel it into a, boring office job but then if you change their system at all they don't like it they are not a fan of you know what i mean I, lot, so that mindset of being able to do that it takes them a long time to catch the new stuff so yeah just the the time it takes to train retrain labor well, it's gotta I be a lot a part of it is too just the personality because i can adapt to new stuff very quickly whereas you know and, and i don't know if that's just a part of you know, when I was brought up because I was constantly exposed to computers. But on the flip side, you look at Chris, and I'm guessing he is much, much slower to adapt to new technology and new things. Oh, I hate change. I'm, I don't want to change anything. So you're correct. That includes his underpants. <laughs> I think, I think that might be part of the smell. Come on. That was the first smell joke. It's been too long. And I miss, yeah. there's probably more coming because I missed a week. So I'm, I've but, got them stored up. But yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people don't adapt to the changes that well, or they get so used to doing something, it is hard to do a new thing or something different or use a different piece of software. Like, I work in healthcare. So when we went from one healthcare technology to the next, it took a lot of people a lot of time before they were able to adapt and 
change. And a lot of the people that, you know, were used to the old system just didn't adapt. Well, and here, here's my theory. It's not dumb because I had a recent job and they didn't, I didn't really get trained. So I didn't understand the system. So I just figured out how to navigate it. So like, I think certain, there's gotta be other people like me where they, you just figure out how to, all right, I click this box and then I hit enter here and I enter like you, when people like, what do you do? I check boxes and I do stuff, but I know how to get through it. I can, I can transfer this information from this monitor to this monitor and put this in this box. If you ask me what I'm doing, I but I can do it. I think that at least I hope I wasn't the only one. Well, yeah. And that's, and I guess so I if you move something, if you do something different and you ask me, I'm like, I completely, I, I've been doing it correctly, but you shifted that one thing. And now I'm like, I don't know. You changed well, the order of the, the way I figured it out is now thrown out the window. Well, and that even happens to people who are do stuff uh on a regular like being that i don't know i i doubt either of you are familiar with epic but it is a uh healthcare software for you know i heard it's not so good the name is a lie I'm <laughs> I'm <just being> <laughs> but <laughs> it is constantly upgraded like twice a year they go in and change stuff and it is very off-putting when they move a button or change just a little thing and your, right. your typical routine... The thing routine... that's supposed to be there isn't there. Where's yeah. the red thing I click? Yeah. <laughs> well, and... Right? To give an antidote, just because I was thinking about it, um, when we went to electronic record-keeping in the hospital, um, like... We were supposed to go to it in like 2007, and then we didn't. And the reason we didn't is because the doctors refused. They refused to do it. They still wanted to write their orders. I don't think they went electronic for another like six years. Everyone else did. They refused. Hmm. I, th yeah, I, I to be honest, I think it's just probably the end of the the, the last of the doctors that grew up without technology, like the sixty year olds who are like, ah, I know this is crap. But it's slowly as they got younger and they grew up with technology, I'm sure they shifted because, like, my dad's in the medical field, and like he said, like young doctors are almost they're you know they're looking at their tablets more than their patient, and they're not doing, but they're like looking stuff up on it. It's like information, but still, there's this like um, lack of human something that the young generation has because they can just deal with their phone and not actually oh there's a person there but it's like a, a computer game to solve it's not See, an actual person and i would disagree with that i think the younger doctors now are much more personable and much more oh, okay to an extent there's obviously outliers either way but right there's and there's oh yeah there's yeah in general it's not everybody yeah no but, blanket statements but yeah. yeah like most of the newer radiologists that i work with are very friendly to us they don't treat us you know like the older ones used to where do something wrong and they'd be you know jumping down you saying why why don't you understand how this works the newer ones are like yeah, no, it's okay. You think it's an age? Does it like just being closer in age, possibly as a, a thing? Like they just have a link that way of like, well, older person, I'm authority. I yell at younger people. That's what I do. But if someone's like five years, I'm like, okay, you're in the same. 
we might have been to high school together kind of thing. Well, think? no, it's it's definitely the old school doctor mentality versus new school. And I don't know how we ended up on this, but like old school doctors were, you know, they are the number one person. Everyone reports to them. They dictate what stuff's done. You know, they're de facto number one. The new ones, it's are trained more of, hey, you're part of a team. Yes, you're more important, you know, than, you know. They, so they want your feedback more. They engage you rather yes. than the doctors. Like, I know what I'm doing, kind of out of the way guy. Yes. But you're more engaged. It's more of a team thing. Well, that's good. Yeah. Like I said, I don't. My, I don't... <laughs> my last point on this. Um, yeah, I don't know. That one <laughs> went a little far. But uh, I was going to say, uh, looking around as I've been. Uh, cruising around town seems to be that in the past you know like two years ago every other corner had a urgent care popping up they were just everywhere well now it seems like every other day i look and see a new coding school going up and that seems wildly relevant to what we're talking about is you know they're pushing this coding and and coding like coding computers no no no, medical coding Oh, medical uh, coding. Uh-uh, computer programming. Oh, well, yes. And because that's... See, I thought you were talking about medical coding. And I was like... <laughs> no, well, it's coding... Computer programming schools. Like, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of them, but they popped up in, like, every little shopping center now where you can, you know, go to coding class or programming class and figure out how to do this stuff that seems like i wonder if that's kind of like i've talked to bartenders bartending school and most bartenders will tell you bartending school is crap just go bar back at a bar i wonder if that's sort of something similar where i'm sure i mean i I don't know it's numbers and it's data entry i'm guessing or no it's the the thing with programming is well it's difficult I, I, ugh, can we have well, a new topic? I don't want to hear about programming. I'm bored already. Can we switch? <laughs> well, but, Kirk, I, I, I'll I, be honest here. I don't, nobody can. Ugh. Am I right? Is anybody offended about that? Well, John, I, I do want to hear what you had to say. What's What was that? Well, what I was saying is programming is difficult <laughs> until you understand. Well, obviously, like anything, until you start getting a hang of it. Um. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but back in high school, I put Windows 95, not not full Windows 95, but I had put a, a Windows 95 app on my calculator. It did absolutely nothing, and it took forever, but I did it. And I actually am for more programming, even if they're the the chance of success is not you know it's obviously not going to be high especially if they're popping up and they're in you know shopping centers and strip malls um i would assume it's very equivalent to like karate dojos that popped up everywhere that's kind of what it reminded me of but it was just a it seemed relevant to what we were talking about so i well, thought and I it's it yeah no it makes perfect sense because jobs are definitely going more towards programming and into the STEM fields. Like trade jobs are always going to be relevant to an extent, 
but um, computer jobs are going to be much more relevant and much Shoot. more. <laughs> but oh, I know. Shoot through me live. I was going to say a little live podcast drama for you. Dog barking in the background. Uh, that's better than the geese a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but, and, and just the, it's not so much just, oh, hey, I'm going to go and do a, a coding class and get into, you know, I'm going to get into a big computer software or gaming company. It's also could be for personal. Because, you know, if you go and learn how to code, then you can make your own stuff and start your own company or, you know, you know, make your own software or am I Am I equating it to like a typing class? Is that offensive? Is that in the ballpark? I would assume that's pretty close. You're just learning a different skill set. Like I would, I'm assuming most people would argue for people to go to a college or whatever to learn basic computer programming but at the end of the day it's still just a skill in any skill i mean people have been teaching themselves coding technically for... you, you you could you could learn i'm sure there's a book in the library i'm sure oh, you absolutely. could look youtube video so you could be i said it's almost like uh, i mean guitar or music or whatever like you can try it. You can pick it up on your own. You can go to cl- there's several ways to yeah. learn this. No right or wrong. Well, I'm assuming most companies would prefer you went to a, a college and got a degree Credited. in computer science and all of that stuff. But I mean, if you look at, I mean, arguably one of the more famous people or not famous, one of the richest game developers out there uh, would be the guy that made Minecraft. He did that all by himself just messing around he did it in a uh a, an engine that was not typically designed for you know playing games and yet 10 years later and people are still playing minecraft like i've been playing minecraft with my girls all weekend well i hate to cut us off there but i do think we need to transition and uh kirk you know we're going to your corner and i think since you missed it last week you're gonna have to bring it this week all right it will be brought it's, is there is there anything it, it's not been off for two weeks is that a cheese wheel next to the wine yes okay some cheese with that wine yes i would <laughs> <laughs> the goose the goose is closer. The goose is in a different spot. Okay. Why? Well, th- Kirk. What's that? The goose is coming for you. <laughs> they always, you know what? They have the babies and they're hissing. Actually, there was like, I've never seen this. There was like two geese and I swear to God, there were like 20 little, little goslings running around. And I'm like, it seems like they must have fostered some. I picture like two their buddy, you know, their geese parents that they went to Lamaze class with got run over. And so they just sort of took, it seems like 20 seems like too many eggs for one couple, right? I don't really know the intricacies of, you know, 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't help Cosplay you out there bag. either. You guys are the worst people about geese information. Oh, I just, uh, okay. You know what? I'm going to go vomit again. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so Kirk's Corner. It was, I had it for last week, and it was just kind of uh, brain bits. There's just random thoughts, sort of, you know, jokes. Um, hopefully, you will connect with a couple so then I can feel not insane, because these are thoughts I've actually had. Um, all right, here we go. The first one. Um, you know what? The Supreme Court is a normal court with uh, sour cream and guacamole. That is, huh. is the only difference. They think they're so fancy. Their, their robes. It's just 95 cents more. You know what I mean? And All right. Um, did you guys know that Jesus was not allowed to compete in triathlons because he runs two of them? And, uh, <laughs> it disqualified him. <laughs> they said, no. Can you imagine the um, coordinator having to explain to Jesus, no, he can't compete. Like, that's a hard, you do it. Oh, I don't want to tell Jesus. Um, all right, moving on. Did you guys uh, found something out? There's only one word for thesaurus. A little lot. Oh. Oh. Uh, I mean, can, can they, they can't think of any more? Book word, word book. There you go. Boom, right there. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the R. Kelly remake of The Wiz <laughs> is completely different than the original. <laughs> It is. It is. Do not bring the kids. Uh, I would avoid the splash zone. Okay. <laughs> are, are you guys too young for that one? Do you know that the no, Wiz no, from Michael was, Jackson? Uh, no, I gotcha. That was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Is this thing on. All right. Here's okay. How about this? Here's a, uh, here's something I noticed. It's uh, convincing a person to go to rehab is tough. Convincing a Chevy guy to enter the Betty Ford clinic is impossible. <laughs> that was the big dividing line. That was the next civil war in between. And uh, you guys are both parents. And uh, Johnny, you're a little, you got him a little uh, older. As a parent, it's got to be hard not to occasionally put an exploding dye pack into your kid's lunchbox. Right? Oh, um, like, yeah. <laughs> No. How fun would that be? Because it would be a cycle. Psycholo- <laughs> they'd be freaked out every. You know, when's the next one coming? It's a mental game. Nothing. I mean, fill it with barbecue sauce. Make it lunchy. Um, All right. So, so parents yeah, are for not exploding stuff around their children. Is that what I'm learning? Correct. Yes. All right. All right. All right how about this? Uh, we got uh, two more here. Um, uh, my scratch and sniff bumper sticker smells like car exhaust. <laughs> I wish I would have got cinnamon. It's not, uh, not good. And then, uh, the last one we got here, uh, this, Hey, you know, mothers are the only true bodybuilders. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Those are just, <laughs> so that's one for the ladies there. You can lift weights, but you're not really, you're making yourself bigger, but you ain't building the body. <laughs> all right well there's Sorry. kirk's coin I, I wasn't sure any, if you were any, done yet any questions any yeah john sounded like he was he had a question he was well confused. no more of a statement um so practical jokes on kids absolutely fun all the time um instead of die pack 
I've, I've found that crawfish work extremely well as well. <laughs> you just a random crawfish in the thing, and then it, well, we, we, a dead one sends a message? Well, we had crawfish not too long ago, and when me and my wife were preparing them, I took one and I had uh, just gingerly tossed it into my uh, daughter's lap. She, mm-hmm. she was not a fan of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's... The bug looking thing grossed. Did she know she did she was she going to eat it or did she get she didn't even know what it was? It was just like you're throwing a bug at her. Well, she knew we were cooking something, but I don't think she realized when we said crawfish, it was uh, you know, tiny little lobster. Well, yeah, it's almost like a cockroach kind of thing. I mean, it's a bug like. On that note, I did get Delilah, I tricked Delilah into holding a worm today, and she. It and not like that. So, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yes. See, and you're going to have the opposite problem in a few years when uh, Ben gets a little older. <laughs> He's going to be the one digging through the ground to find the bugs. Man, as long as he's not on my grass, I don't care. <laughs> well, where do you think he's going to get the bugs and the worms? Under <laughs> your grass. <laughs> Not my grass. <laughs> the neighbor's anyway. grass? Can, my, can yeah. my kid dig up your grass? Okay, yeah. <laughs> What's the next topic? Let's, what are we moving to? Yeah, let's let's uh, transition over. Yeah, we're going to oh, talk we're, about... We're, oh. we're not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, we're going to talk about space because it's not a fused relativity podcast without some space talk. And uh, I'm going to start out with the ingenuity course the mars helicopter whirly bird that we've talked about many times is getting ready for its sixth mission and it still hasn't crapped out because they were only expecting a couple out of it right they were expecting it to last a while they were just only hoping they wanted to get a couple to be sure well they they were only going to give it a month and then it started performing well so they extended it Oh, yeah, what so what did it do, Chris? I cut you were saying something. Well, it's uh it's going to do its sixth flight and uh they are using it as a scout vehicle now, as I think I said on the previous episode, but uh hmm. it is um they're pushing it up, they're actually making it go faster, and they're extending the flight time all the way up to 140 seconds. So two out two almost two and a half minutes when the original flight was, uh, I think the original was 90 seconds was the max. So they're really pushing this thing far and it's holding up very well to everything they've thrown at it. I heard uh, both of your wives said two minutes and 30 seconds is a long flight. So confirmation. Wow. Come on, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Boom, a vicious kick for both of you for no reason. <laughs> there was sure. a pause. I couldn't think of anything else to say but something mean. Fair enough. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> and then I also, uh, John, we had talked about these guys in the past as well, and Virgin Galactic had its uh, first successful orbital flight. Oh, today, oh, which was, was kind today. Of... Uh huh. Yeah, that's why I missed it. 
I sent you over the, the yeah, video. Yeah, I saw it. I just... Like I said, I've been playing Minecraft with my kids. So... Um, but yeah, the I knew they were doing it uh, soon. And I knew ULA was doing their thing as well. Wait, while, while you're playing more, uh, Minecraft for hours, did your pet canary die? <laughs> <laughs> That would be a sign to stop playing the game. I think that's how it works. It's, <laughs> you need to go outside and see some sun. You've been playing Minecraft for 12 hours. My well, bird told me. And those who don't know, the Virgin Galactic um, space flight is a little different than what we normally see. This one is actually a small craft that's attached to a plane, essentially. And the plane is what goes up However far, it goes pretty high up, and then the smaller craft launches from the plane and then goes up into space. So you're not having to burn as much fuel because the first plane is taking it up. I mean, you're still using a lot of fuel, but you're saving. You're not having to have as big of a ship, basically. In fact, this is the second time Virgin has done that. Because they also launched the uh, the rocket from the 747 earlier this year. Okay. Well, see, they're, they've, they're getting the hang of it. And this one actually, uh, essentially, it went into space. It went right to the border of space and uh, Earth's orbit. So I'm assuming that Kármán line or whatever you called it. Yeah. But that was pretty cool. It it was a fun video to watch. Yeah, so the the rocket they launched from the 747 um, earlier this year actually went into orbit with a payload. Uh, this isn't necessarily a new... I was trying to find a better video, but I can't... Uh, dumb guy question, a payload. What are you, what are you talking about? It's Satellite. not a pickup truck... So, oh, okay. it's carrying something. And, uh, yeah, so they, they've launched, because they made big news when they launched the, the rocket from the 747 earlier this year. And then the plane design, if you... I'm trying to find even a good picture of it. Um, let's see. Uh, it's it's almost like two planes merged together in the middle. Have like when they docked fuel kind of thing? No, 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 no. Um, I'm assuming this is it. Let me... I'm going to do something here real quick, Kirk. Uh, let's see if... Nope, that's not what I wanted to do. Hmm. <laughs> We got John doing uh, tech stuff in the background of our podcast. It's a picture of someone's ass. I don't yeah. know how you're going to show okay. me that. There you go. There's a, uh, a picture of what I'm assuming is the plane they launched from. Okay, there it is. So we got, it looks like, uh, it's almost yeah. like a biplane, but they're like connected. It's like two separate yeah. planes. It's, it's almost like they, that would be something. It's, it looks like a, a plane that would land on water because they both have the kind of the hover thing looking. That's what it looks like to me. 
Well, and this is the carry plane. This is the one that takes the smaller craft up. So this takes off, flies up, and then once it hits a certain altitude, the smaller craft disconnects, turns on its rocket, its booster, and then goes to space from there. Okay, so it's it's saving fuel, the rocket fuel. Yeah. It's getting it up there. So it's okay. It's almost okay. So this hmm. takes it as as absolutely high as it can go, and then launches the 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 little plane. And the little so plane ass ass grass or uh, something else. Nobody rides for free, so this costs gas. <laughs> yes. I want to say the. I'm just, I'm just putting in lay terms, okay? I'm kind of, I'm I'm putting it in bumper sticker reader technology, yeah, terminology. The the little planes, the one that um had a was it the one that had the fatality, Chris? Not this flight. No, I was gonna say I don't know the answer to that question. I hadn't heard about it. Um, because I'm almost positive one of the planes crashed. Not the not the carrier plane. The um, the... Oh, thanks to be what nice way to be a downer. <laughs> I know. Oh no, he survived. <laughs> Can we okay. call? Him? Thanks a lot, Mister Wet Blanket, which is going to be your new name. Yeah, the plane crashed. But the, uh, and it was called Spaceship Two back then. But yeah, the plane crashed. The pilot survived. Oh wait! Oh, maybe, that's good. Maybe it turned another one. Kirk. All right, the guy, the guy didn't die. It's, All right, it's, it's, it's that specific program has been, has had issues. Um. Drinking too much. What's that? Drinking too much. Issues. Yeah. Well, is there uh, switching gears? Is there anything? I don't know if there's anything SpaceX is doing. They've been kind of out of my radar for the last week. Yeah, it's because they haven't really done much. Um, but I will bring them up when we talk about what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Well, I okay. like that. Let's okay. uh. Let's jump over because that was one that I was interested in. I kind of did a little bit of a deep dive on it, which is the Artemis program, which is NASA's next big uh, foray to take people back to the moon, which we've talked about a little bit. But it, I did a little bit of diving to see what their actual plan was. And some fun facts about it. It's going to be the first, they will have the first woman and the first person of color, both on the moon at the same time. And I think you had said it maybe back in the in the in a past earlier episode, but it's about three days to get to Earth or to the moon from Earth. Uh yes, with the tradition or with what they're planning to do, yes. An interesting uh Part of this is they're not actually trying to build a gateway. When you were talking about gateway, I was thinking that they were going to build on the moon. They're not trying to build on the moon. They're building like another ISS to house astronauts. Yes, just much, much smaller. 
And so their ISS is International Space Station, Kirk, just in case. Okay, so they're they're adding extension to the space station so more people can live there. They're adding apartments. No, no, well, this is <laughs> maybe, but this is on the moon. There, this is over in the moon's orbit, and it's essentially going to be so the astronauts will fly up. Oh, there you go, on the screen. And so the astronauts will fly up and dock with this um, gateway. And then from there, they'll take a lunar lander down to the moon and do their science experiments and, you know, whatever they're going to do. Oh, okay. So that's that's the hop there, hop in the, the lunar module or whatever it is, and then descend with that module down there and then blast your way back up there hop back in the rocket come on back yeah i laughed i laughed quite a bit too because you know how sometimes people in books or shows or you know maybe they're doing something for entertainment but they actually hit it right they i think we're actually gonna see futurama one day because NASA is trying to figure out how to deal with commercial space deliveries now. Well, and that's that's kind of where I was going to go with my point. Um, I don't think Artemis will ever fly. Or if it does, it's going to be wildly different from this space station that we've got up. Hold on, it... Artemis is the program. What yeah. are you talking about? The gateway itself? No, I'm talking about the program. Oh, so you think the program is not going to work, or it's not going to actually get into space? Like, what do you mean? Not, not going to fly? It's what did they have originally? It was destined to start what 2024, and they've pushed it back. No, nah, they still have it as 2024. Um, the problem is. That space station or that lunar gateway is too small because the most people you're going to be able to ferry to and from that is three to five if we're going by Apollo standards um, because it's using very similar technology to the Apollo program, just modernized. Whereas on the flip side, you look at SpaceX and if NASA and SpaceX completely diverged and NASA didn't deal with SpaceX whatsoever, SpaceX could set up, you know, its own ISS in orbit with two launches where this, uh, the Lunar Gateway is going to take, I think it was four or five launches with the SLS. And I just think SpaceX is going to just outcompete and outperform NASA and every other space manufacturer right now to the moon. Well don't they Mars. have a bigger budget? They have a way bigger budget than NASA, right? No. Oh SpaceX it's not necessarily the budget, it's just it's the rocket. Yeah. Cause once Starship starts flying, Starship has more internal capacity than that entire lunar gateway will have. Meaning that even if the Starship could dock to that, 
it would be minuscule. Like that could it's not like read. old technology that's no longer compatible. It's like an iPhone plug that no longer fits anything. Like kind of the, like it's just outdated. Sorry, well, sorry about that, Kirk. Uh, what was that? Uh, he was asking if it's just outdated, but I think it's that two different styles. So the 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 problem with the SLS and Rocket similar is you have the the multi-stage launch into orbit with a limited payload. So you can only ever fit so much into the top of that that stage that's going up. So it's going to always be much much smaller than what you really want. That's kind of where the shuttle shined was that it had a decent amount of payload to be able to take components up to the ISS or you know go up and fix the Hubble telescope because it had the compartment space. The SLS and the Atlas and all the other rockets just do not have this size. If the Starship gets going up, and like I said, I think it might have been last week, Chris, that we were talking about this, the ISS right now can only hold like seven people comfortably. Starship's designed for 20 comfortably. Well, and it seems like that would be the better way to go. And I mean, if they can, especially with the SN15 launching and landing by, you know, doing its thing, that's kind of the way that it looks like it's going. But NASA tends to be on the smaller scale, safer side, whereas SpaceX is kind of balls to the wall. Well, and I agree, but that's why NASA awarded SpaceX the lunar lander uh, contract. Because if you look at Starship, if it actually is able to land, uh, or if they get the contract and they go to the moon, the Lunar Gateway is, I mean, in theory, one starship could take up the entire Lunar Gateway. And then you just have the, the, my understanding of the Lunar Gateway is it's supposed to be like a refueling stop for extended, or, you know, for Mars missions. So you go to the moon, top up on fuel and everything, and then go to Mars. The Lunar Gateway, I mean, realistically, right now, the only company or only division or group, I guess I should say, that has a chance of getting to Mars within the next 10 years is SpaceX. Well, and definitely, like, on NASA's website, I was reading that they you know, their main goal of this mission is to learn a lot more about habitability on a, on a, you know, planet other than our own and to learn as much as they can from that so that they can use it as a jumping point to go to Mars. But it sounds to me like you're under the impression that what they got going on isn't going to do much for them. Well, it's just, and and that's the problem where, when it comes into the fact with Starship. Like right now, Starship is still technically a hypothetical spaceship. Yes, it has flown. Yes, it has landed. It's still not gone to space. It's still not, you know, certified to carry people into space. They have to launch it a ton before that'll 
everyone's comfortable with getting into a starship and taking off. The... Well, has, has anybody thrown out the theory? Has anybody thrown out the theory that, like, I mean, NASA keeps like, we want to go to planets and find life or signs of life or something. Is it not to be a negative Nelly, but is there just a chance where it's just kind of, it's barren. There's just nothing out there that we can get to anytime soon. I mean, the sun is kind of close and all it's, I mean, it just seems like the, the places they show up are like 500 degrees or, you know, 300 below zero where it's just like not habitable by much of anything I can see. Well, and that's, well, and that's the thing. There is water on Mars. There's water or ice on the moon. That it's the problem is we can send probes there, but probes and rovers and helicopters are limited. They can't do the same amount of tests, and more importantly, they can't bring samples back. When we went first, went well, to... why why not? Why can't they? Why can't they put a scooper on it and a bucket app, and you just scoop and you put it in the bucket, and then it withdraws well, into the robot and then gets back on the spaceship. And I'm sure it's, Chris knows this. And I, I just forgot the name of the the, the rover that Mar or that we have. Scoop and bucket. I want to call it's, it that's ingenuity. A fancy name. It's no, a scoop are, are you talking? Are you talking about the the actual rover? What's its name? Oh, Perseverance. Perseverance. Perseverance has that. AKA scoop and bucket. It's gonna take <laughs> core samples or samples, puts it into a container, and then drops the container, so that future missions can go pick up the containers and bring them back. Well, so they're not even they, they they're setting them aside to be taken back later. They're putting but, it in storage. But also in fairness, John, there is that that one that just crashed into the comet, took a scoop and now is on its way back here. Yeah, but that is relatively easier to do than to go to a planet and do the same thing. And aside from the moon, the moon it could be done. The the reason why it's hard on Mars is because you have gravity. Like, yes, the moon has gravity, but it's minuscule. You know, a... Is MLB... the helicopter staying... So the helicopter's staying on Mars. It's not coming back, right? It's no. not making... And, like, what about the... Ro is the rover staying? Like, the rover's just on Mars, or is it coming yeah. back? There's nothing on Mars that's destined to come back, because there's not enough... So you, you, you're... A realistically looking at a rocket within a rocket so if you wanted to go to mars land and take or you know and bring something back you would need a second rocket almost inside your first rocket so this so this, this mission is just setting the samples there so yes. when the next one comes oh they have the technology to get back and bring the samples back see and that's why we were able to get off the moon because the moon doesn't have a lot of gravity so you can land on the moon and without too much fuel get back into orbit and once you're in orbit it's easy to go from the moon to earth because earth's much bigger so just getting out of the the moon's sphere of influence you're going to get captured by earth's sphere of influence and earth okay. will now speaking of the moon do you think neil armstrong should have mooned everybody i mean he was mooning people on the moon it seemed too good he, he would have we would still be talking <laughs> yeah. about it nobody knows neil armstrong without that uh you know except for the vacuums yeah space. i was gonna say but <laughs> little issues <laughs> kind of hard to pull that one off but that's why all right good point good point see that's, that's... i'm glad we talked things out 
And that's why Starship is going to be different. Because with Starship and inter or in-orbit refueling, it can get to Mars, have enough fuel to take off and leave. Whereas if you tried to take the Apollo lander to Mars, yes, it would work. Yes, you'd probably land. You would never get off of Mars, though, because it just doesn't have enough power to get out of the orbit. Whereas, okay, and you said three, three. You said three days to get to the moon. How how many? How long to get to Mars? About six months. Yeah, okay. and they they said a round trip lasts could be anywhere from a year to three years. I hear there's a layover in Dallas, which is <laughs> extra annoying. I mean, that's not far off, especially if <laughs> if it, if all the launches go from uh, Boca Chica. See, there you go. But I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but and that's why I think Starship is just going to utterly or make all these other programs irrelevant. Because if it can get to the moon, I mean Starship could if they tried, I would bet Starship could get to orbit by itself. Without any payload, I think they said it's theoretically possible. Which means that a fully fueled Starship on the moon could easily get back to Earth. And with the, the Super Heavy getting it to orbit, refueling it, and then getting it to Mars, to where it can potentially refuel again to land, you're just looking at, you know, the fact that the Starship is going to be the de facto... It could very well be the de facto space vehicle in the future. And it's it's very likely going to be the backbone of it sounds so john it sounds like you have a starship so on on your bedroom wall there's a poster of, of starship is what i'm picturing you seem very pro you're, it's oh. almost like a it's almost like you're you're like rooting for that's that's my that's my team that's the thing that's going to break that's what my money's well, on if i ever that's want to get to space like. that's that's going to be about the only option Because if you even if you looked at it from a purely financial standing, the Falcon Nine costs, I think, a reused or a brand new Falcon Nine to to buy from SpaceX and launch completely uh, without reuse is like ninety million dollars. The potential that yeah, you know. The, the potential that the Starship could very well fall under $10 million and be able to do 10 times more is going to change how space is done. So there's no concern that the drop in price would, it would be almost like the jet blue of things going to space. So you should be afraid of it. There's not like, there's not, that's not an issue. Well, I mean, that very well could be an issue. They're building spaceships in a field in Texas. But it's just the if. I don't know where I was going with that. Can I just jump in and say, hey, Chris, yeah. can you shut up? You've been talking a lot. Seriously. <laughs> Did you fall asleep with the baby or what? I had By the a, way, still a... no baby pictures. Is he in like witness protection program or something? Maybe. <laughs> no, my, 
my my one last thing I was gonna say about the Artemis program. I know I trailed off there for a second, but uh, there's gonna be a lot of happy stoner rockers, I think, because one of the key experiments that they're doing in that they want to do in this mission is to discover what's on the dark side of the moon. Uh, all the Pink Floyd fans are going to be going nuts for that. Yes. Which, which is going to be just more rocks. And probably... I imagine they'll be dark. I mean, That's what I'm picturing. I think it would be they, on the dark side of the moon. I picture dark. They said that they're, form, they're formulating special headlights just for the lunar vehicles so that they can see where they're going. That's good. So floodlights. Either that or that. It's made of, it might be made of cheese. And then my theory is back into play. That'd be awesome. Just go to what's on the dark side of the moon. Cheese. Cheese. It's all moldy. That's what cheese is. I know it was amazing. Well, Hey Kirk, just, just because you said it, I'm going to go ahead and I'll take my, uh, my op topic for the week is, uh, John's got a picture just for you. Oh, see you! Oh, look at that! Is those sharks at the? Uh... Those are sharks. <laughs> that's little Ben. Here's... That's little Benjamin. It looks like he is already doing a karaoke pose. Like he's got the little hand right there. He's like, "Are you guys ready to rock?" And then he's got the rock. You know. Well, so I told him he was debuting. Already. I told him he was debuting on the podcast this week. So. He was getting ready. Well, he's got a little, just a little peach fuzz on the head there. Not, not too much hair. Yeah, not too much. Still more than my kids. And uh, other, other than that, he's doing great. Catching back up to where he's supposed to be. Everything's, everything's good. So I nice. figured. Uh, All right. Any, any progress on the? Or how, how is Delilah getting along? Is she enjoying him? Uh, so far, everything has been going good. So, perfect. And we yeah. can stage that Rocky Punch fight later. <laughs> perfect. Now that, they, now that we know they like each other and it's not real, it'll be funny. It's not yeah. going to be like, oh, that was man, there was blood there. She was mad. <laughs> well, what uh, what you got going on this week for your optophic, Kirk? Oh, mine was a story. Um, if you added hockey to the story, I think this would be the most Canadian story I've ever heard because, it, well, it, okay, it happens in, in, in Porcupine, Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan. So that's a bustling metropolis, I'm sure. Um, the story is um, Mounties were called because a, uh, a guy was building a fence and he had all these fence posts on his property and they were stolen and they found the wood posts that he was trying to use for a fence pulled into a waterway by a beaver. So a, a beaver, a Canadian beaver, stole wood posts from this guy uh, to build his own dam. So they, honestly, without hockey, if they had hockey to that, you've got them all covered. But my, uh, after, after, the, uh, after that, they also reported the, uh, the charges were filed on the guy's credit card. So the beaver actually did more than just steal the post. He swiped his credit card. Um, and uh, he was put into rehab. And then the, when he reached for comment, the beaver said, damn. So that was, <laughs> he's a beaver. 
And I just want to state that's the cleanest story you're going to hear that contains uh, it contains wood and beaver. Yeah. And there was nothing dirty about it at all. That's so Canadian. Beavers love wood, Kirk. What can I say? Apparently, they steal for it. You know what I mean? Like That's right. But he didn't try to sell it. He just used You know what? He stole what he needed. I like his... Uh, he had the good old-fashioned work ethic. All right. John, what do you got this week? Uh, the only thing I really saw that was kind of amusing was... Um, I don't know if you followed along with it. You might have. The... Uh, the coach that was upset at the was it the White Sox or was it the Twins or was oh, it both of them? You're talking about um, La Russa, I think. Yeah, uh, he was mad because the <laughs> the player hit a home run off the position player. Yeah, yeah, uh, and oh, the, the the team was doing so bad they had a position player pitch. It, yeah, it was yeah. like. 15 to two or something. And they had a position player pitching and, uh, and the they... dude swung on three and O oh and knocked it out of the park. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, that's one of those stupid unwritten rules of baseball kind of thing. But it's like, if you're going to throw a position guy who doesn't know how to pitch, then yeah, I'm probably going to hit it far. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's And I think, I think it was the slowest pitch that has ever been hit out of the park. I think it was like 49 miles an hour. Yeah, it wasn't fast. So he, so he had to muster all the energy himself. The pitcher gave him nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, Chris, then, right? The, the harder you throw it, the, the farther they can hit it, correct? Yeah, you get that momentum turning the opposite way. And then in the next game, the pitcher tried to bean the, the guy and threw behind him. Well, you knew that was coming. I mean, that's the I, other unwritten rule in baseball. But I know. I'm just surprised they threw the pitcher out so fast. Well, yeah, there's there's been a an uptick in the amount of people getting hit this year. Uh, there was a player that got hit in the face the other day and broke a bunch of bones in his nose. And a lot of people are upset saying that there's too many people getting hit by baseballs this season. So I think the umpires are... Uh, starting to try and, they're on alert yeah just on alert because there's too many scandal things going around right now with uh, there was another story about uh, a team was riding the bus back to the back home and uh, one of the rookie players got his first hit in the in the MLB so they threw the ball out for him and on the ride back to the clubhouse they uh, were looking at the ball and there was like some sort of sticky glue or something on the baseball, which they're saying all these pitchers are using foreign substances and nobody's trying to do anything about it. Well, what about, isn't it kind of just been pine tar? I mean, sticky goo, isn't that what pine tar is? No, they, they said it was, uh, it was some sort of, you know, I, I don't know the true story, but they were speculating that it was like glue. So maybe it was just rubber cement and he was going to roll boogers on it. Remember that? <laughs> well, maybe, but the, uh, so yes, baseball, baseball has been in the limelight the last couple of days, just for all the shysty things that's been going on. 
I read a story from an ex uh, catcher who played for the Yankees that said um, the Rockies had the same kind of sign stealing thing going on that the Astros had in 2018. Apparently the Astros were just the only ones that got caught. Yeah, that's not surprising one bit. So you start to see things like that, and yeah, you can't really, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I'm a huge baseball fan, and I follow it every day, but it it's losing its muster for me be, because all these, like, just play the game. It's, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money, I understand that, but, you know, play the stupid game the way it was meant to be played. Don't cheat. Well, when you have, like you said, money on the line, they're going to cheat. Yeah, yeah. Money money, and crazy competitive people that have they're fo- they've focused on one thing their whole lives, and uh, they will do anything for that little bit of an edge. Or, and also, too, like the thought, uh, you know, the, the bicyclists, you know, well, everybody's doing it. So if I don't, I'm not going to be able to keep up with the thing. I think it's that prevalent. It just seems you know just do it or don't be successful well when they finally got rid of the steroids back in the day uh baseball got people got real pissed because baseball wasn't as wasn't as exciting to watch anymore because there weren't as many bomb home like the runs the, the yeah. runs that the, yeah the, it's and it's that's when another, it's like when the the ratings from tv the the ratings that you know that more dictates how they want the game played rather than just letting the players do it. Like they're trying to dictate the outcome of higher scores and exciting home runs and blah, blah, blah. And that's, what's going to keep people watching. It's like, well, no, if you like baseball, you like baseball, you're going to watch. You don't have to trick me into watch. You don't have to expand the market where everybody finds it interesting. How about baseball fans? Right. Well, yeah, on the same time, you could also argue just juice them all up and see how it goes. That, that was going to be my next point. <laughs> how about if, if everybody's going to cheat, just make this shit legal and then just let people do what they're going to do. See, I would I would watch baseball if it was like that, where, you know, there's few set of ground rules, but otherwise just whatever you can do to win. Uh. You'd have to sign like performance like injury waivers, I'm just guessing. Actually, have you seen I don't know if you've seen this video. Um, there was a guy his channel is called Stuff Made Here. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna look this up because I, I actually wanna make sure I, I give credit where credit is due here. Um All I can made... think of when you were talking about letting people do what they're gonna do. Is you guys remember the video game Blitz? Yes. Kirk, do you remember that one? The football one? Yeah, NFL Blitz. Yes. Where you got you got to like pile drive the players and stuff, do wrestling moves. Oh yeah, yeah. It was almost like, it's sort of like uh, arch rivals, like basketball, where you'd punch each other, sort of, but football, like where you could yeah. beat them up. Yeah, pretty much. I'd be all for that. So it is called Stuff Made Here. He made a uh, – oh, I don't want – I was going to say I don't want that to actually start playing. He made a bat with a um, – I'm going to get the caliber wrong, Chris, but I'm, a, I'm guessing 
what what caliber bullets do they use in those nail guns? Twenty two. Is it a twenty two? Yeah, he made yeah. a bat with uh, up to four twenty twos to launch the ball when hit. I did see that actually. That was a I saw that video somewhere. It is, uh, yeah, it is impressive. I know Smarter Every Day also covered it because they were trying to see how far they could hit the ball. Because he was his whole goal was to hit the ball farther than any uh, professional athlete. Right. Yeah, I'm almost positive he he managed to do it. Well, well should we about should we about wrap up there? I mean, if we don't if we don't got the video. Well, I, I we, can't uh... play. I don't want to play yeah, someone we... else's video. Yeah, it's not that's not fair for podcast. Oh, that's it's undone. Okay. Oh, okay. Unwritten rule of podcast. It did not know that. <laughs> I will share the video with you through Discord, uh, Kirk. So, okay. All right, and are we are we doing are we playing baseball? Are we doing video games or anything? Uh, it's up to John. I yeah. I think I might have it. If not, it's cool. I do have a newborn, so yeah, we'll I'm talk still... about that. We'll talk. We'll talk about that after the show. And uh, okay. yeah, but hey, for uh, for Kirk and John and Chris and Benjamin here, everybody, thanks for showing up this weekend. And uh, episode number 12 next week is spooky number 13. We'll see where we go with it. Ooh, that's Ooh, a good point. Unlucky, it'll be so good, it'll be unlucky because it'll be hard to follow it. That's how good a show it's going to be. <laughs> it's a shame uh, we didn't time it better and it wasn't in Halloween. Well, yeah. That makes it spookier. They won't see it coming. Ooh, <laughs> spooky and not October. Didn't see that coming. We'll just say Baker's Dozen. How about that? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your evening, and we will see you next week. Thanks for showing up. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye.